Katherine Erich. The CIA has released new interim findings overnight on hundreds of reported cases of Havana syndrome, ultimately ruling out Russia, Cuba, or any other foreign group as the cause of most of these illnesses. Instead, the majority of reports can be reasonably explained by medical conditions or environmental and technical factors, including previously undiagnosed illnesses. An American Airlines flight had to turn around midair because of an uncooperative passenger. WFOR-TV's Jessica Vallejo at Miami International. Police dispatch was calling its officers to respond to flight 38 that landed at the gate. We also heard them saying that the flight from Miami to London was coming back because of at least one passenger who was not wearing their mask. Heavy rain in the east quickly turning to snow and sleet as temperatures drop from Baltimore to New York City. Schools outside of Washington, D.C. and Arlington, Virginia, closed for the day. It's about to cost more to do the laundry. It goes deep into fabrics to remove the visible and invisible dirt. And it's CBS's designed. Diane King-Hall. Procter Gamble said it's raising prices by roughly 8% on products like Tide and Gain detergent, fabric softener, and dryer sheets. The price hike goes into effect next month. Executives claim the money will help offset costs like transportation and labor. The number of people who signed up for jobless benefits last week spiked to a three-month high of 286,000. S&P futures are up 22. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Get ready for more straight-talking sleuthing. Do you want to tell us about that? As Vera Season 11 returns with more new episodes, available exclusively on BritBox. Start your free trial today at BritBox.com radio. BritBox.com radio. Would you like a cleaning product that can be used in the garage, the laundry, and the kitchen, and save space in your cabinet? Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. To learn more, visit us at SimpleGreen.com. Simple Green. Exergen would like you to know about an important study just released by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has known all along. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate. The study also reports that they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy in labeling. We can't afford to tolerate the rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Frat parties are on again at a college in the West, despite the danger. CBS's Jim Crisula. Administrators at the University of Southern California have decided to allow most fraternities to have parties as part of spring recruitment rush. If members abide by strict rules, they include having security guards at stairs or hallways leading to bedrooms. The move comes three months after allegations of sexual abuse and drugging at several frat houses. Caitlin Jenner speaking out about a trans swim at UPenn shattering records on the women's team. Jenner tells Fox. I respect her decision to live her life authentically, 100%. But it also comes with responsibility and some integrity. I don't know why she's doing this. It's not good for the trans community. We have a lot of issues in the trans community that are very difficult and very challenging. Jenner cites a nine times higher than general suicide rate. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Do you check your Google search results regularly? You should. People often get their first impression of you or your business online. Negative comments on the Internet can impact your life and your livelihood. Take control of your online reputation. Get your free reputation report card at reputationdefender.com. It may reveal negative posts from an ex-employee, upset patient or client, news article, legal issue, or even exposed personal information right there in your Google search results. Uncover what's lurking on the Internet about you with reputationdefender.com's patented scan and get your free reputation report card. Or for immediate assistance with your reputation, call 800-401-6681. Our cutting-edge technology helps make your Google search results look their best. Call 800-401-6681. That's 800-401-6681. 800-401-6681. Or take the free scan at reputationdefender.com. Boudet. 
Cincinnati has won a playoff game for the first time since 1991. Listen in on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH Saturday, January 22nd as Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Tennessee Titans. Playoff football on WATH is brought to you in part by Snyder, Stroh, Jarrett, Financial, the Laurels of Athens, and Threefold Roasters. Bengals are on the air starting at 3 o'clock on WATH. Are you a child care provider? Ever considered being a child care provider? Wanting to work from home and be your own boss? Athens County Child Care Unit can help you get started. Child care is essential to working families and the workforce shortage. Athens County is in desperate need of child care settings. Start your own business. Become a licensed family child care provider. Contact the child care unit at Ohio Means Jobs, Athens County, 510 West Union Street, or by calling 740-797-1405. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk about restoring a classic car, and we'll be fools with some power tools. That's Auto Smarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. I'm Malcolm. I'm a commercial cash management specialist, but I'm also a leader and a musician. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Malcolm or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves, it's its their whole family, it brings it all together. We have scars that we carry, and just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. Right now, I, I'm the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness. You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. Visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash notalone. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-FNs. Well, it is indeed chilly outside, given the wind chill and all that sort of thing. Static temperature, 25 degrees. No, 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 wait. Yeah, 23 degrees right now. And they don't say it's going to get much warmer today or tomorrow. Just a scunch on Saturday and Sunday. Anyway, we're in, it's cold. It's cold. It's our monthly update with the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson, today. I'm looking here at a city agenda for the uh, Athens City Council, a copy of um, a recent meeting. And uh, I see uh, the, the 
the author of it is a, a Debbie Walker. And I, I, whoops, I'll turn your mic on. Let's see. We're on two. Okay. Um, go. Good morning. Good morning. And um, Good morning, Athens. As president of city council, I hired her to that position. Did you really? Yeah. And um, anyway, she's um, she's terrific. She's one of, if not the uh, longest employed currently, uh, longest tenured employee at the city for the city. Um, yeah, Debbie's been working yeah. as clerk of council since you appointed her. Yeah. And many of you, of course, uh, maybe remember, uh, not remember what I'm trying to say. You know, Bill's Bill um, Walker. And uh, local attorney. Right. Uh, his wife. All right. Well, uh, just a little trivia there. Um, let's see here. So council has been meeting. Everybody's been doing what they're supposed to be doing, wearing masks and all that sort of thing. And um, city council, as you see it today, because it changes uh, from year to year. Well, every few years there can be some changes, new people, different uh, styles of the people, that sort of thing. Um, city Council, how's it suit you today? Well, they've had, what, a grand total of three meetings so far. Yeah. Um, you know, the first meeting of the year, every year, after Council comes off of the holiday recess, um, we go right into a regular session, and there really isn't much business at all during mm -hmm your first meeting because you haven't had committees yet. So the second meeting was committees, and then we just had, uh, which is what you have in front of you from January 10th, and then we had a regular session this past Tuesday since Monday was Martin right. Luther King holiday. Right. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's too early to tell. Okay. Uh, we have what, really, it's uh, four new council members, Um two of whom were incumbents but had started office um, during the summer of last year, of mm -hmm. 2021. So, uh, you know, it's early. So but, it's really like a whole new group. Uh, right. Three. With uh, the exception of one, I guess. Right. Three returning council members, uh, you but, know, who... Member Sam Crowell um, has been on city council for many years now. Um, member Sarah Grace, she's been on city council for quite a while. I'm kind oh. of uh, Jeff Reisner has been on city council. Um, he took office when I took office as a city council member back in January of 2012. And folks, just in case you don't understand the structure, there's seven members. You have four. Um, one of each representing each of the four wards of the city, and then you have three at large. When I first joined council, I was at large. Now, go ahead. Well, and to that point, you know, and we talked about this in previous shows, you know, we were really thinking that uh, with our population, with the census, 2020 census, that we would exceed 25,000. Mm -hmm. And when you do that um, under... Uh, here in the state of Ohio, is that, you know, you have to create a fifth ward. We would have had to create a fifth ward and include um, an additional at-large candidate. Well, so yeah, yeah. Go but, from seven to nine. But that did not happen because we didn't grow large enough, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, there's always that question uh, every year, as not every year, every 10 years as the census comes about. You know, is everybody counting? <laughs> well. And when you have such a mobile group of students who, um, you know, they don't know whether to be counted in um, whatever city their hometown is or in Athens, uh, we could tell them what the rules are, but that doesn't mean they get followed. And uh, try as you might, it's always a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what's what's the major thing facing the city presently? Um, snow removal. Yep. <laughs> I get that. Right. Uh, Our parking lot's a real testament. Uh huh. <laughs> 
And you know, you know, not to joke. Um, you know, just as a reminder to everybody that sidewalks are residents' responsibility to clear mm-hmm. the sidewalks. Um, you know, it's uh, under Athens city code. It's four hours after sunrise, um, or you know, or after the snow stops coming down. But four hours after sunrise, you should be out there shoveling the snow off mm-hmm. your your sidewalk. And usually, um, you know, at that time, the snow plows have been out running. And because uh, one of the things that typically will happen is as you're clearing out your own driveway, if you get out there and open it up, you know, one of the th- big things that we often hear from people is, hey, the snow plow has plowed up a bunch of snow in front of my driveway. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's part of the street clearing process. Um, so, there is that challenge, and we recognize that, that uh, you'll have to likely come back and clear some more snow that the snowplow may have, as they're clearing the streets, bumped it out there uh, into your driveway. The other thing, you know, is when we know that there is a snow, uh, likely a snow event that's coming, I think everyone was tracking that we were going to get a lot of snow Monday. Yep. Um, starting in the early morning, I think we were all expecting it to start Sunday afternoon. It really didn't start till later that evening. But regardless, um, it's always a good idea if you have a driveway, uh, which a lot of us do, um, you know, don't park your car on the street. Park your car in the driveway. That way the snow plows can really get in there and effectively clear it without having to skip around cars that are in the streets. But um, Yeah, I'm guilty of that last night. <laughs> or yesterday, I guess. Uh, we normally park our cars in a certain place, but uh, we hadn't had the Mini Mini Cooper out for several days, so it had just it looked like a big snowball. <laughs> so I cleaned it all off. And t- decide that it was a snowball and just take it out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I cleaned it all off, and then parked it in front of our house. Right. Well, yesterday the bl- the blades had to go around it, you know, um, rather than being able to scrape curb to curb on Grand Park. Oh well, um, I meant well. I meant well. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Well, you know, certainly there's that. Uh, our street crews uh, were running, you know, around the clock with that snow coming down. And uh, then on Monday, um, what the unfortunately, the brakes failed on one of our snow plows. And so oh, wow. that had to be repaired. So that, that particular truck was taken offline for a period of time, which reduced our capacity to get out there. The way that the city does, you know, they, um, does the street clearing when there's a snow event is they start with the main arteries of in the course. city and they also um, attack the steeper hills, you know, places like Madison, mm-hmm. Pomeroy, um, Mulligan, you know, that are can be really treacherous. So they'll hit those and then they continue on their routes and, you know, hit the secondaries and then hit the tertiary streets. So that's that's just their normal every year process. Um, uh, and then they make a second pass, you know, they make an opening pass and then they'll come back and do a further opening pass, if you will. Um, and so they, they are, are really, in my, my opinion, they are tirelessly working and doing a really good job. Um, now, you know, let's play numbers for a minute. And maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. Um, I recently came across the fact that there were 1,000 ODOT trucks plowing snow uh, at the height of the storm uh, and right after. Um, now, that does not include municipalities. Uh, Athens has their own equipment. Right. Col- Columbus, all the municipalities, they have their own equipment pushing stuff. Now, um, how, how many units do we have I, uh, working I, at such a period? three or four okay. out there running. And we've got 192, give or take, um, one-way miles of street in the city of Athens. You know, Athens is 11 square miles. Um, ODOT, as we're all aware, uh, or, hope, or you're, if you're not, you'll, you will be now, 
that ODOT uh, manages 50 uh, in the city. It also manages— 50 miles? No, no, U.S. 50. Oh, so no, it, oh, oh, oh. It, it takes care of U.S. 50. It takes care of 32. It takes care of 33. Mm. Um, the city, uh, and a lot of cities will do this, is that they will clear even, you know, um, state highways as they come through their municipalities. Sure. Uh, and then what ODOT will do is that they will basically offset their costs for having to do that. You know, they will pay... Uh, for that to happen. Um, we don't do that. ODOT goes ahead and manages. That way we can really target in on our city streets and just make sure that our primary, secondaries, and tertiary streets are being attacked. So, You know, I I know some landlords, and, and of course it, we have a lot of rental properties in Athens because of the students and all of that. Um, <clears throat> some of them have in their contracts the students must uh, clear their walkways uh, some of them say um, um, that you, you do the walkways and then our people, meaning their maintenance people, will do the public sidewalk part. But th th there's all different ways. And so, um, you know, sometimes you'll come across a part where the students have uh, dug the sidewalk all the way out to the lateral sidewalk. Right. Road, road, anyway, but the but it's still a mess, and you know, you, you know, you got to put up with uh, confusion and 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 um, physical strength and all sorts of issues when doing that sort of thing. Well, but I, I've noticed a number of people walking kind of on the berm of the road. Right. right. And um, you know what what is actually marked to be a bicycle lane uh, in many parts of our city. And that works too, as long as we're all aware and conscious of of, how, of the care we have to drive. Right. You know, another thing, and Dave, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Grand Park you know, does, does not have sidewalks. Nope. Um, I know that Townsend doesn't have sidewalks. and um, Of course, Grand Park's probably the widest street of its kind. <laughs> it is. <laughs> So, uh, I, I think it was intended to be a runway back in the day, Dave, uh, when the airport was down there. But I don't, you know, I've don't heard hold that me to that joke. Uh, I've heard that used as a joke because, of course, the, the airport was right across the street. Sure. But um, sure. I don't think there's real legitimacy. There. Well, and you know the mattress and futon store that's right there on East State Street? You yeah. know, if, if you look at the back warehouse, it, it looks like it could have been a hangar. I mean, there's so oh. many features down on East State Street, you kind of scratch your head. And I, The, the it, Hyundai dealership was a hangar. Uh, see? Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, anyway, there were, yes. So my many. point, my point would bring it up, Grand planes Park, is not cross, about it being a, a, a runway. Planes but. would taxi across East State. Great. Yeah, true. Yeah, uh, that that was happening when I got here. And they had what crossing guards with flags and no, there? no. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't remember that part. But, um, well, so your your mailbox, Dave, is your mailbox, you know, out at the? No, it's on the house. It's on the house. Okay. Are there mailboxes though that are on like on the at the road frontage? Or does everybody the radio have... station here has one at the road frontage. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe. I think everything is um, up on the house on okay. Grand Park. Okay. Well, my, my point with with that is, you know, where I live, the mailbox is at the road. Okay. And I think that that holds true for a lot of homes that are in the Oakmont area, sure. off of Carroll and and Old Coach. Um, and so, you know, to to, to be cognizant of the fact that mail is typically still being delivered, um, we get out there, my wife and I, and shovel the street. Um, um, so Con that the Connie's a good shoveler. Connie's a great shoveler. That's her. <laughs> that's her thing. She huh. she enjoys doing that. She enjoys mowing the the front yard. Um, I do the backyard which is about an acre and she does the front yard and yeah. and uh 
Yeah, yeah, but for, for snow removal, like I said, we get out there and we'll we'll be shoveling the street, and even after the snow plow goes by and it's piled up, we'll clear it out so that the mail, you know, person can pull up at the mailbox and deliver the mail to our house, which is how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this last, you know, the other day though, Connie actually had to can't come out. She said, "Let me take a picture." So that nobody thinks that the snow plows are completely clearing in front of the mayor's house, that it's actually you doing it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And she no made a, special treatment for <laughs> yeah, the mayor. Right, there is no special treatment for the mayor. Yeah. None. Uh, but anyway, uh, just keep that in mind, folks, that uh, when we have snow events, and you know, four hours after uh, the sun comes up in the morning, you know, that we, we do need to make sure that we're clearing that snow off the sidewalks, if you have a sidewalk. Um, I do not uh, at my place, so instead I, I decide to shovel the street. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so um, let's see here. Last night, the uh, there's a term that I only learned in the last 48 hours, but it, 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 I would call it an open house, but there's a different term they use. You know what I'm tr- getting at? Well, it was an open house. Um, but... but uh, Nishi or I don't know what it was. Well, we had the 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 fire station headquarters charrettes. Charrettes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why couldn't you just say an open house? <laughs> well, it was. It, uh, it was an open house with charrettes. Well, what is a charrette then? It's just where they put these these uh, maps and boards up and okay. allow people to put a sticker on things they like. How and... about displays then? Okay. Well, well, we'll do that with the next one, Dave. Okay. <laughs> well, I understand there will be another one. <laughs> there will be. Um, but the point is that uh, yesterday we had um, oh, uh, Bob Reimer on the air. Or was it two days ago? Scott. Oh, Scott's not here. Yeah, he's here. Okay. Chief Reimer came a couple days to the show a couple days ago. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. I get confused sometimes. <clears throat> because we had the sheriff the day before. That's where I was getting confused. Okay. Bob Reimer, chief of our Athens City Fire Department, came in and we were talking about this, uh, this proposal about um, building a new fire station. He talked about the uh, most likely location. Um, there's, um, I was with a group last night that was shaking their head a little bit, saying, yeah, that'll, you know, not in my backyard uh, sort of thing because the sirens go off and at whatever hour they're required to um, when they're making a run. But, folks... Um, Let's think of the overall good of the city and the fact that we want to be responsive to everybody's needs. Now, that said, uh, I, you know, I spent a long time on a committee that um, I think Sarah appointed me to it, or was it Ed Beck? But uh, we met for several years to discuss um, the need for a third station, not not replacing station one, but building a third. And station one, we knew needed attention, um, and and I still think station one is kind of cool, and just needs to get thoroughly fixed up. But anyway, the what I think doesn't matter. <laughs> the The point is that presently, uh, that building, uh, they've tried a number of things to to beef it up. That was to shore it up. You know the repairs that have have. Uh, and they're still worried about the, the effectiveness of those improvements. So there is a thought to build a news station. And. Um, if you can picture Sonic and the, the roundabout down there on the end of Stimson, it would be kind of opposite the Sonic drive-in, right in that field there, roughly. Now, um, so an open house was held, or a charrette, uh, last night at the community center from 6 to 9 p.m. 
And this was an opportunity for people to go in and view the plans, I guess, and 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 the, the learn the the good points and the bad points about wherever it might be, and the good and the bad points about the present station. Um, did you go? I did go. How many uh, people attended? You know, I was there from 6 to about 7.30. Uh, the whole thing went from 6 to 9. Right. And uh, at the time that I left, it was really kind of uh, a lot of people had filtered out. Yeah. I would guess that there was, oh, 20 people there, uh, you know, give or take. And I would think <clears throat> that there was hope that more would attend than that. I was hoping that there would be more as well. Now, I there there may have been, you know, I'll, I'll ask um, Director Andy Stone, uh, Service Safety Director, you know, what things looked like because I think he likely stuck around sure. uh, until the end or at least until there was, you know, nobody else was there other than the architects and <clears throat> the people. At, eight, at 8.30 I passed by. Okay. And uh, it didn't look very busy. You didn't stop in? No, sir. Yeah. I, I I was coming back from another event and ready to get home. Sure. Um, so. Well, the architects, they'll take the information they received last night from those that did attend, and they'll integrate that in with the uh, design, um, and then that will come back again and Dave, I'll make sure that uh, it can't be called charrettes anymore. It has to, <laughs> has to be called um, pretty colorful pictures. Um, and uh, <laughs> Well, just an open house with informational displays. Sure, Dave. Any, anything you want to call it, Dave, I'll make sure that <laughs> your concerns are voiced. And, uh, and yeah, and then we'll bring that back around again. And um, hopefully uh, we're successful in getting the levy to pass because a lot – of being able to build a new fire station headquarters, regardless of location, is all predicated upon uh, the levy passing. Right. So, so still now, a long ways to go. There's um, this. The purpose behind all of this is to ask people to support it. Absolutely. And yet, there's already sort of a certain degree of negativity about this. Um, so what if that that does not occur? As in, if the levy does not pass, yes, sir. Um, then we're going to have to pray that the fire station headquarters um, stays usable until we can get the another levy on the ballot in the future. Okay. Now this levy was. Uh Point eight percent, something like that. What? 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 Is, what was it? Uh, it's uh, an income tax. Yeah, point one percent. Point one. Yeah. Which so, is like nothing, folks. But it is still a tax. It is. Yeah. Um, is this a permanent? Or? It is not. Okay. No, it's a twenty-year. Uh, it would be a twenty-year levy. I see. And uh, and it will be for uh, safety services. Um, Certainly for the headquarters, but it can also be used for for uh, replacement in the future of pumper trucks. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. our city pumper trucks for the fire department are about seven hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. So go figure. Um, fire protection equipment is very expensive. So the other thing with the headquarters um, is, you know, if you stop and think about the profession of firefighting and everything that that entails, you know, you're going into right. uh, potentially, you know, or going into a burning structure and that burning structure is built with, you know, lead-based paint. If it's an older structure, potentially asbestos, you know, a lot of the flammables inside, you know, have their own carcinogens associated with them. Um, and then there's the fire stations themselves to where, you know, it's a building that, houses firefighters but it also is the quote-unquote garage for largely diesel uh 
operated trucks and well, they have to start them inside those facilities um, and when they return they're backing them into those facilities so there's fumes associated with that and all of those things you know when the, the headquarters we went, was we built went into some detail yesterday with chief reimer and there is something i hadn't thought about and that is when the firefighters come back from dealing with an incident uh all of their clothing and equipment is, um, shall we say, compromised in terms of health issues. Sure. And so unless they have a special room to disrobe in that is uh, treats this stuff carefully and then can be washed with the proper equipment and everything, uh, which they don't have now. They just come back to their dorms, unrobe, and then they clean the stuff. Right. But um, you're, then you're contaminating the regular living spaces as well. Right. So, so that was a real enlightening thing to me, and I get that. So um, I'm, well, I'm all for that, of course. Yeah, and well, the, the think about it. This building was built in 1965 when nobody was thinking about, you know, carcinogens um, other than... The mm. Surgeon General, yeah. you know, advises you not to smoke cigarettes. But, you know, other than that, um, you know, the people, it, as we learn more and more about what a firefighter is exposed to and what a firefighter is bringing back to basically the place in which they live yep. when they are yep. on duty, um, a new the new design of the headquarters building will have the things that you just described mm. it will have you know basically decontamination rooms as they come back in um, the building can be set up with uh, built-in exhaust systems to where the trucks as they do start them up or the exhaust is being vented directly outside sure. as opposed to into the the uh, that's, truck that's, bay. that's easier to solve than the other stuff you know like i mean i i could put in a system that would help with that at any any building but the the contamination of of asbestos and things like that when you're fighting a fire yeah that's that's unique and yeah. that takes a special system yeah and um anyway i know i completely get it um well let's see here fire um how about um or other safety services. You're, you're, you're pleased with everything? I, I am. You know, um, I, you know, I was just talking with, you know, my wife the other day, and I was also talking to... Wait a minute. You talk to Connie? Oh, all, all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I even kissed her goodbye today, Dave, so... Way to go, uh, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I was talking with um, service safety director Andy Stone, yep. and you know, when you look around, when I look across, you know, the the meeting table when we have all staff, which is you know, the new director for engineering and public works, and the director for arts, parks, and rec, and you know, right down the line, police, fire, uh, HR director, um, you know, I I look at the leadership. And they are outstanding. Um, you know, uh, it's taken six years. You know, this is my seventh year as mayor. Uh, it takes it takes time. You know, to build the right team in which to operate the city. And uh, you know, we're in a great place at this point in time. Like I said, the the water crews are always out there. You know, and this time of year is when we we tend to see more water line breaks as things get colder or you know, how crazy was it yesterday? Yesterday's high was, what, 52 or 53? Yeah. Yep. How crazy. You know, so you get these these freeze thaws, threes thaws, and, you know, that never bodes well with underground infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the guys are out there doing what they need to do. The plant operators are stellar. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, granted, you know, there's a level of bias for me, but the the professionals that we have working at the city i i think are are really doing wonderful things and i'm very proud of all of our employees so 
Well, that's that's really a great statement. But, you know, here I'm a news dude, and I'm supposed to ask, okay, but where do you wish we could improve? Well, 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 what is it that you still would like to have done better? And I'm not trying to put anybody in trouble, or I'm just trying to say, where where would you like to see improvements in the city? Well, um, there's a number of areas. You know, I city sidewalks are the property owner's responsibility. And, you know, we... To maintain? To, to maintain. Um, and if you've got a sidewalk that has a large tree, you know, between the curb and the sidewalk that's heaving up your yeah. sidewalk or breaking it up, you know, you've got a real ADA issue mm-hmm. with that sidewalk because for someone who may be in a wheelchair or have special needs, um, that two-inch heave in that sidewalk where us as able-bodied people, we just step right over it, that becomes impassable for someone who uh, may have mobility um, issues that they're dealing with. So so anyway, you know, I that's a challenge. Um, I would say that former council member Arian Smedley, that was a, a big issue for her. Um, when I was on city council, it was a big issue. I remember South May, walking down South May, uh, and that sidewalk had a lot of issues. And, you know, I remember pressing uh, Mayor Paul Weil, you know, we need to do something about this and get these repaired. So and all, all of them were back in 2013 or 12, whenever. Uh, this is something that Councilmember Smedley took up. Um, uh, the new Councilmember Sulve Splenis, uh, she is uh, is taking up that mantle, too. So. That's an area that is uh, we need to, to do a better job of getting out there and getting sidewalks repaired. Uh, our citizenry needs to be cognizant of sidewalks that may need to be repaired. Uh, the other you know thing that that uh, I'm constantly pushing, Dave, is ways in which we can diversify our economic development portfolio. You know, you and I have had those conversations in the past. Um, you're going to have a new neighbor. We've talked about it on previous shows with Marietta Memorial Hospital that's going in. You know, that'll be 60 employees, but they have plans to expand that over time to where it could be an additional 120 employees, which would be wonderful um, because, as you're well aware, our revenue for the city, you know, the general fund is funded via income tax here in the city of Athens. And we've got some real challenges with that, uh, you know, because the state legislature was, uh, you know, pushing to uh, due to COVID, but, you know, could expand and beyond to where if people work in the city but live outside, that they would not have to pay city income tax. Um, currently, you know, or in previous years, since we've had an income tax, that has been the case, that they do pay income tax. So. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I work, if I live in Worthington, um, or or all the Olentangy area, I still have to pay, if I work in the city, city income tax in Columbus. Right. And I thought that was true in Athens as well. They, well, even the big cities are all having to deal with this and fighting against it, basically. You know, we're constantly reaching out and saying, you know, this is not the way to go for municipalities that do have income taxes um, to harm them in that way. Um, You know, you look at a city like Dayton, or you look at uh, probably even more uh, impactful is the city of Cincinnati. Look at where those people who work in that city likely come from. A lot of them come from Indiana or Kentucky, and certainly they're going to come from the populace of Cincinnati or Dayton or any, you know, city that's along its borders. Marietta is another good example. There's probably a lot of people who come and work in Marietta who are coming across the river from West Virginia. Um, But under, you know, this legislation, um, currently people are entitled to a refund of income tax if they did not live in the city and were commuting in. to hmm. all municipalities okay. across the state, yeah. Well, 
Okay. Things keep changing, and I don't always know about them. Well, I will try my best to keep you in the know, Dave. Well, anyway, so, um, okay, let's take our ourselves. Uh, there's a proposed to point one. Hardly amounts to much, but it's enough that over 20 years it will take care of this fire situation and some other things. That's being proposed, and it would come up this fall, right? Right. Now. Cur- currently our income tax, sorry to interrupt, Dave, our current income tax for the city of Athens is 1.85. Right. So this would take it to 1.95. Correct. Now, um, if I live in Guysville, but I work in the city, I'm supposed to pay that, right? Correct. Um, If I were to suddenly take a job somewhere outside of Athens, I would no longer be required to pay that, right? Right, but the... the, it's not the person themselves, unless they're the business owner. You know, the business is going to be doing the withholdings and then submitting that to the city of Athens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's complicated, Dave. Oh, I know. But anyway, I just wanted to understand perfectly. And I think I did. <laughs> I think you did, too. Okay. Um, what are some other things? I mean, well, you know, when you think of the city, we kind of divide it into city and service, uh, city and safety services. Uh, finance and personnel, transportation, planning and development. What are some other things that we haven't talked about yet today that that you think are um, important? Well, you? a couple things um, to keep on people's minds um, is that, you know, city council discussed the Uptown Improvements Project, okay. which uh, is, we were awarded a grant from ODOT to... Uh, redesign the streetscape on Washington Street uptown between College and Congress and State Street in between uh, College and Congress to where it would look similar to West Union Street. If you remember back in, what, 2014 when we had the significant fire um, right there on West Union um, and for two and a half years, the that street was behind a construction fence. In 2016, we decided, you know, let's do, uh, let's rethink things now before the fence construction fence gets pulled back, and you know, then that ship would have sailed to be able to change the way the look and feel was of West Union. So we took that project on. The uh, Department of Engineering and Public Works, um, Andy Stone was the director of EPW at that time. And so we came up with a design um, that everyone agreed upon because initially we were thinking, what if we just had one lane of traffic, which everyone had gotten used to with the fire, after the fire, uh, and one side uh, you know, of parking on the street. Um, but we had a lot of people that were opposed to it. Most of them were the business owners yeah. along that stretch. And so we listened and uh, we came up with a, a good compromise where we shrunk the roadway um, down from, I think it was 13 feet wide in each direction or for both lanes. And the parking uh, spaces were wider than they needed to be. We shrunk them down. We expanded the north side sidewalk, the sidewalk that's in front of the union and, and Starbucks now, uh, pushed it out four feet and created an even bigger people gathering space, if you will, or sidewalk. Uh, and new benches, and it looked really nice. It still looks nice. I like it. So this would be doing the same thing on, again, Washington Street and State Street uh, as we look forward. That's a 2024 project construction mm-hmm. period. So that came up in council last night just to kind of give uh, – to, to bring that up. Uh, the other thing that uh, was discussed at council is the fiber – project for the city you know we're operating off of a an old uh dated microwave uh, system where we have a microwave on a tower on north hill up off of roosevelt and you know the system uh we struggle with keeping that thing running especially during the summer months because with all the foliage on the trees it becomes difficult so we are looking to deploy 
um, fiber optics to all of the city buildings that use internet. Um, so we're talking engineering and public works. We're talking about the service garage down on West State Street. Certainly uh, arts or the uh, uh, community center, the city building, um, fire station headquarters. Uh, although that wouldn't be part of this project because we know that ultimately we're going to get rid of that building. And so why would we run fiber up to a building that we would likely dispose of in the future? So that's a big deal, you know, and we're going to fund that off of the American Rescue Plan monies that we receive from the federal government as a permissible expense for broadband. So that'll be a big project uh, once we get to that point. And we'll finally start using the conduit that we always put underground when we have major street projects. So that's, you know, coming up pretty soon. Um, uh you know, there's a lot of big things that are going on. But. Sure. Now, <clears throat> this is this is an odd question, but you're used to me. Um, what was your profession before becoming a, a politician? Um, well, initially, I was an active duty Air Force airman, um, and uh, was on active duty Air Force for eight and a half years. And uh, at the time that I was accepted to go to graduate school in the Washington, D.C. area, I, I wanted to stay on active duty because I really enjoyed uh, being on active duty with the military. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I couldn't for a sundry of reasons, and so I transitioned from active duty Air Force to the Air National Guard uh, and joined the unit in Washington, D.C. at Andrews Air Force Base. Um, and continued that as a part-time, you know, a traditional guardsman um, where I would work one weekend a month and then four, two weeks in the summer. Um, during 9-11, I was pulled onto active duty for an extended period of time because the nation was being attacked. Uh, but I was going to graduate school in the D.C. area, and then after that, um, I was a professor. Um, I, and the graduate school was in what uh, line of... Uh, health psychology um, okay. we, it was was the program that I was in um, at a place called the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences okay. which is a, a mouthful but it's a Department of Def Defense medical school that DOD set up in 1974 um, and in the early 80s the health psychology they called it medical psychology at the time department started at uh, the Uniformed Services University, and so that's the one I applied to and was graduated from that in 93 um, and took a postdoc fellowship at the University of Pittsburgh for two years, two and a half years, and then from there went to the University of Tennessee College of Medicine, which is not in Nashville. It's in Memphis, Tennessee. So I was in Memphis for two years and uh, applied for a faculty appointment at Ohio University, University of Cincinnati, and University of Kentucky, and had interviews set up for all three of them. The first one was at uh, here at OU. Um, I'd never been to Athens before. And, uh, you know, I think the only time I'd been to Ohio was 1976 uh, when I was flying out to D.C. to to uh, be with my father for something he was doing with the military at the time. Um, and I had a short layover in Columbus. So that's the only time I'd ever set foot on Ohio soil. So anyway, uh, was driving, you know, drove from Pittsburgh to Athens for the interview at OU and uh, fell in love with Athens at sight. It was just something special hit me. As what a year to that. That was 1998. Okay. Yeah. And uh, knew at that time, I've got to get this interview right. Uh, hopefully they offer me a position, and lo and behold, they did. And I canceled the other interviews, which is not a common thing to do, um, and <laughs> accepted the position at, at Ohio University in the psychology department and uh, left the university completely in March of 2016 uh, because, as everyone is aware, the position here in Athens for the mayor is a strong mayor system, and it's a full-time job. So 
Do um, you do any um, ad hoc, um, what am I trying to think here? Teaching? Yeah. I don't. Okay. I, I don't. Um, although this semester, uh, I was approached by a young individual, um, Ryan Goodman, who's a honors tutorial student at OU, and he uh, wanted to see if I would be his mentor mm -hmm. uh, for this semester on when he's working on his honors thesis. And I said yes, and OU, the, the folks, his advisor and other people over in honors tutorial said, yep, that would be that's doable because the mayor still holds his Ph.D., um, and so that'll be really fun. I'm going to be doing that this semester. Uh, I engage an awful lot, as you're aware, Dave, with Student Senate. I engage with the students in general. So I kind of teach in a different way in terms of just opening myself up to uh, meeting with students and engaging with them, um, either on projects or uh, initiatives that they're interested in doing here in the city. So I teach in a different way, I guess, you know, to make sure they're aware that well, you know, government I, isn't this big institution on the Hill that is, you know, uh, inaccessible because here in Athens anyway, we're very accessible. I've often had ad hoc positions. Have you? And um, school journalism and so on. Um, sports administration. But um, the... Anyway, it's. I've always feel honored to do that. Um, it's great. All it's right. Great. Well, okay. So now there's a report that um, has come out. Uh, they call it a, a funding snapshot of Ohio police and fire pension funds. And I don't understand it. Um, you've only had it recently, so when you come back the next time, maybe you could explain any of the retirement funds that the city has available to their work. Oh, sure. Yeah, we and, can talk uh, about that. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, maybe we'll also find some people that want to work for the city. Yeah. And uh, if you're going through what I'm going through, uh, and I think every business person I talk to, is also going through it that is finding and keeping good people right so right. we'll 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 aim for that here for a, a month from now we can touch on that um just to share i got an email last night that was wonderful from the national league of cities uh telling me that i was appointed as vice chair to the race equity and leadership council advisory council for nlc yeah it's a big deal it's a it is a big deal you know and then i was uh re-elected to serve on the board of directors for the national league of cities as well but that email last night about being uh the vice chair for real is yeah. Super excited. I uh, I was just really kind of blown away. Well, no doubt Connie was involved in a lot of that. The, the, the different people had met Connie, and that made them feel better about it. Way better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Why they didn't just appoint her is just beyond me. And we should do dinner soon, by the way. We should. Okay, well, um, listen, um, what have I failed to bring out in our last 30 seconds? Dave, I think we hit everything. Otherwise, we're going to run on for another hour. Okay. Well, it's always a pleasure to, to have you in here, and, and uh, let's keep this going. We will, Dave. And, um, and Scott, thanks for always being here, making sure things are actually working. Absolutely. Studio. My pleasure. Yeah. Well, we're about uh, 20 seconds away from seeing if they do actually work. Uh, there's been Get a ready, little, Scott. Yes. There's been a little 10-second glitch in our clocks. But uh, with any luck, it's going to happen here any moment. In our 72nd year of serving Yay. Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden is marking his first day in office with a major legislative defeat. Last night, Senate Republicans, joined by two Democrats, voted against temporarily changing the filibuster to pass a voting rights bill. CBS's Scott McFarlane is on Capitol Hill. One of the holdouts, West Virginia's Joe Manchin. Eliminating the filibuster would be the easy way out. 
wasn't meant to be easy. The proposed voting legislation would have allowed for early voting and no excuse mail-in voting nationwide, and it would have made Election Day a federal holiday. Just in from the White House, officials say if Russia moves military troops into Ukraine, it will be considered an invasion and the U.S. will respond. The administration says the U.S. will work in lockstep with Ukraine. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen promises massive economic and financial sanctions. The European Union is by far Russia's biggest trading partner and by far the largest investor. And yes, this trading relationship is important to us, but it is far more important to Russia. Jury selection's about to begin in Minneapolis in a new case involving George Floyd's death. CBS's Jim Crisula. Three former Minneapolis police officers will be tried on federal civil rights charges. They're accused of depriving George Floyd of his constitutional rights when former officer Derek Chauvin pressed his knee on Floyd's neck. Chauvin was convicted of murder in a state trial last spring. New COVID cases in New Mexico have tripled over the past two weeks. Governor Michelle Luan Grisham has just asked the National Guard to fill in for substitute teachers to keep schools from closing. Correspondent Elaine Cobb has news from overseas on a COVID treatment. A UN-backed agency has struck a deal with nearly 30 drug makers to produce a low-cost version of a new COVID pill. The antiviral Molnupiravir by drugs giant Merck has already been given emergency approval in the U.S. Under this deal, the drugs could be distributed to 105 poorer nations by as early as next month. A damning report on a retired pope and child sex abuse in Germany. It accuses Pope Benedict of inaction in four cases of abuse when he was Archbishop of Munich in the 1970s and 80s. The law firm that drew up the report says Benedict strongly denies wrongdoing. In Belgium... <laughs> Cheers for 19-year-old Zara Rutherford, who emerged from the cockpit of her micro-light plane with a big smile on her face after becoming the youngest woman to fly around the world solo. It took her 155 days. Dow up 331. This is CBS News. Looking for quality candidates this new year? Look no further than Indeed. Our new video interview tool takes the hassle out of virtual hiring. Visit Indeed.com credit. When you needed your mom, she was always there with the Vicks VapoRub. She used that soothing scent to calm you. And her mom used it to calm her. And her mom, well, you get the idea. Vicks VapoRub's always been there. It always made you feel better. And today, it still does. Bring back those childhood memories with the comfort and care only Vicks VapoRub can bring. Vicks VapoRub, family tradition for a reason. Creamy nut butter makes it delightfully sweet. Roasted nuts make it perfectly salty. Get two great tastes in one delicious bar. Enjoy a Nature Valley sweet and salty nut bar today. Would you like a cleaning product that can be used in the garage, the laundry, and the kitchen, and save space in your cabinet? Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. To learn more, visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green. NBC won't be sending announcers or most hosts to the Beijing Olympics over COVID concerns. NBC had hoped to send announcers to handle figure skating. We are about to watch the best skater in the world. And other high-profile events like alpine skiing. They've been playing around a lot with his equipment. He's a very powerful But that's been scrapped. Event announcers and most hosts will operate out of the network's studios in Stamford, Connecticut. Primetime host Mike Tirico will be in Beijing for the early part of the Games, but he'll have to leave for the Super Bowl. And it's not been determined if he'll go back to China for the wrap-up. Steve Kathan, CBS News. And those Oscar Mayer face masks we told you about yesterday, the ones that look like bologna slices, sold out on Amazon in hours. They look like lunch meat with holes for your eyes, nose, and mouth. But they're actually made from witch hazel, botanical, and seaweed. Amazon says it plans to restock. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Ad paid for by CompleteCar.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-549-1980. 
85 now. Drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. 800-549-1985. 800-549-1985. What do you have to lose? Again, 800-549-1985. This is Fairhope Hospice Presents, sponsored by Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care and the Pickering House, serving Fairfield, Hawking, Perry, and Athens counties. Welcome to Fairhope Hospice Presents. Hi, I'm Kim Shook, Community Education Coordinator here at Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care, home of the Pickering House. And I am Kristen Glazier, President and CEO here at Fairhope. Hi, Kim. How are you today? Great. Good. 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 It's good to see you. Coming off the weekend and the holiday, uh-huh. and it's great to see you and be back in the office. Yeah, it is. So lots of things um, to cover here today. We're just going to uh, wrap up 2021. What a year. Yes. Yeah, today I was looking forward to today being on the radio just to kind of talk. We always have guests, and that's, I love having guests with us, but today is just a time to kind of think about, you know, what the past year has been and the changes and the growth and everything that we've seen at Fairhope. And, sure. Yeah. So, yes, uh, just coming back from uh, all of the things that we've experienced over 2021 with COVID and uh, lots, some changes here at Fairhope mm-hmm. with uh, Denise Bauer, our CEO, retired. Uh-huh. And so you stepped into that new role. So I did. Again, congratulations. Thank you. So tell us about the the six months that you've been in this position. When you said it was six months, I thought, oh, I don't know if that feels like it's been a long six months or a really short time yeah. because it's flown by because we started this officially back in July and have just sort of... Um, you know, taking some time to get my footing and kind of make my own way and my own path. And so I feel, you know, I feel really good about it. There's um, always when you have change, you know, for someone, for an agency that's, you know, been so solid and had the same face for so long that there's going to be a time to grow and a time to change. And I think that we've kind of jumped in with both feet and that's going well. And so, you know, six months in, it's, it's, I love it. I love it. And you're very uh, suited for it. You trained hard for the last Thank several you. years for that. And then with your life experience of your journey to get to this point with being at Fairhope previously. and Yeah. Your... I feel like I tell this story all the time, but it doesn't get old for me. You know, when I, right out of college many years ago, I am a social worker. And so right out of college, really literally my first real adult job was with Fairhope. And um, back when we were on East Main Street, and um, I was the social worker there, we had just 30-some patients, and so I was able to see patients as a social worker and take care of all the bereavement, the follow-up with the families, um, helped coordinate and um, train all of our volunteers, which was really a fun part of that. And as all of you know, if Rick Schneider's listening, he was one of my tr- first trainees. So yes. I feel like we did a pretty good job with him. Yes, he's like our star he is. Uh, volunteer he here is. at Fairhope. And- so, I mean, it's just been kind of a long road. And I feel like, you know, they always say all roads lead to home. Well, oh, this yes. road has led me right back here. So, you know, I was with Fairhope the first time for about six years. I, I got my, my feet wet and my young out-of-college social work skills and just kind of moved on from there. And every job that I've had since then, 